0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. As always, I'm your host Jess and this week I'm going to be talking about the So What Do You Think podcast. what do you think is hosted by two friends jay and b who are from sunny western australia and have the most beautiful accents they use their show to tell us the background info on some unsolved mysteries and then give us the theories and their own opinions on what actually happened i personally don't usually like unsolved mysteries it bothers me to an extreme so i do normally try and avoid this type of thing myself And again, that's not impersonal. I just get overly invested and quite bothered by these things and will literally let them take over my life. However, the information they gather is so good and well put together. I'm loving it enough to put myself through it and give it a listen anyway. For example, the second ever episode of this show covers Malaysia Flight MH370, which has kept me awake for years now. I'm not finding it acceptable for you to misplace me luggage, let alone misplace a flight. Now, in all fairness, that story is likely easily solved as to where the plane is now. The bottom of the ocean. Or was it stopped by aliens? Who knows? For that, you're going to have to go over to the podcast and listen to that episode after this one. There's so many mysteries to get through on their feed like the truly bizarre death of Kendrick Johnson, the disappearance of Brian Schaefer, or what really happened to Rebecca Zhao. All of these are amazing episodes, but today I'm going to recap the episode, What Really Happened to snare Phillip. Because again, this is a case I know well, so I've got my own knowledge, I've done my own research, and I've got opinions. But it's insane, so let's get into it. Okay, so like I've said, Jay and B are talking about the case of Dr. Snyder Phillip. This is from season one, episode 28 of their podcast. So you can go straight over and listen to the full episode right after this. Now, like I've said, I'm very familiar with this case. So our host Jay kicks off with a bit of Snyder's backstory. And as always, I'm not here to repeat other people's work. So I'll break down quickly the situation with Sneha through my own knowledge and research but as a footnote for when you do listen it's Jay who tells us the stories and B who comments throughout okay. snare and Philip was born in India in October of 1969 which is crazy because my dad was born then too and I think without like with a missing person case, because she's been missing for over 20 years now, the sort of freezing time, and haven't known about this case for a while now, and seeing pictures and surveillance of Snaya, I imagine her as this young 31-year-old physician living in New York City, but the reality is, if she's out there now somewhere, she'll be a 53-year-old woman with 20 more years of wisdom, ageing and life experience. Would people recognise her, even if they did come across her now? Who could really say? By all accounts, I think Snaya had lived a very privileged life. She moved with her family to affluent upstate New York from India when she was five, then went on to graduate from the prestigious John Hopkins University, then went on to enrol in 1995 to Chicago School of Medicine. You go, girl. It's here when she meets her soon-to-be husband, Ron Lieberman. He's a student one year behind her. He's from California and they begin their relationship. It's also noted that as well as both being extremely academic, they also were very creative people, so had common interests besides their work. And the love went on to blossom, so much so that Snaya took a year out, travelled and meant she could graduate together with Ron. After this, they both gained internships in New York, Snaya at Cabrini Medical Center and John at the Jacoby Jacobi Medical Center. So they packed up the bags and off they went together to start their new lives as junior doctors. The natural progression of a wedding followed in May of 2000, combining elements from both Jewish and Indian Christian ceremonies to suit both of the religious backgrounds. And at this point, everything is really shaping together careers, married, And they moved into a newer, nicer, bigger apartment. What could possibly go wrong at this turn of the millennium? Well, I think it's safe to say we all know what happened the following year in New York City. The World Trade Center and the Pentagon were attacked by four hijacked planes and the casualties and fallout effect it's had on the world today is insane. It was one of the most tragic events in recent history, and I remember it as clear as day. I was only five myself, but it's one of those things that I think if you were alive, you'd remember where you were when you saw the news break. 9-11 was horrendous, but it may or may not have had any literal impact on this disappearance. So, let's start with the day before September the 10th, 2001. It's a normal day, runs off to the hospital and Snaya is pottering around, running some errands. She cleans the apartment in preparation for a dinner party the upcoming Wednesday. She pots some new plants. She plays with the new kittens and she chats to her mum online for a couple of hours. WhatsApp before WhatsApp. She said bye to her mum and logged off the computer about four o'clock and headed to the dry cleaners. Straight from there, she heads to Century 21, a department store where she was a regular shopper, a couple of blocks from her department and right by the World Trade Centre. Just after six, she uses the couple's shared Amex account to pay for lingerie, linen and a dress, then moved on to the shoe department, buying three pairs. When Ron, days later, is trying to locate Snaya, a cashier at the department store, thought she saw Snaya shopping with a young Indian woman but this person never came forward and did not appear on any of the surveillance footage alongside her. After this, Snaya has never been seen again. Now, obviously the attacks didn't happen until the next morning, and Snaya's apartment was really close by to the towers, however, she never returned home the night of the 10th. But that wasn't really unusual for Snaya. So did Snaya disappear on the 10th or the 11th? Did she die at the hands of someone else, herself, or in the towers? Or is she still out there somewhere today? So now J and B break down all the 30s for us, then give us their own opinions. So, 30 number one Did Snare die a hero in the towers? This is the 30 that her family pushed. She was a doctor and she did live so close. Did she run into help with her medical background and just never make it back out? Or was she visiting the restaurant Windows to the World on the top of the North Tower just as the plane hit? She had mentioned in the chat with her mum the previous day she was thinking of going up there for a friend. She was going to scope the place out for a webbing venue they were considering. But the webbing was over a year away and... She hadn't mentioned she was going the very next morning, so that would be a bit weird. Or was she the victim to fallen debris from the towers? Wrong place, wrong time. Just walking around the streets of her own neighbourhood heading home. Really, she had no reason, and there is no conclusive evidence to prove that she was in or around the towers that day. However, given the sheer vast impact that the attack had on the surrounding areas... And her proximity of home, the previous night's known locations, and her known to go hangouts, she could have been around the area. A note on this theory is originally, a brother John claimed she called him from the towers, saying that she had gone in to hell. This was later proven to be a lie. We'll get more into John in a minute, but the family did refuse to believe that she would simply disappear so the third years that that story was given to paint it in a heroic light, as they did believe that she died in the towers. The family fought for years to have added to the death toll from 9-11, but were rejected many times by judges, until she was finally added to the memorial in 2008. This was after the victim compensation scheme had been closed. One thing our hosts do mention here is, something I've heard quite a bit, that, People always mention how perfect and lovely and amazing their loved ones were when they go missing, because it feels like the right thing to do unless they literally are horrific people, like a serial killer. But maybe sometimes we should be a little bit more honest if it'll help a case. Not everyone is a ray of sunshine all the time. We are allowed to be sad or angry or all the other emotions and personality traits that are. I consider myself a very friendly smiley person who'll chat to anyone but I doubt that if I went missing everyone who truly knew me would say I was like that all the time in my private life because I'm not and that's okay. I feel like a lot more people would then be like "What the fuck no she wasn't like that she was miserable sometimes (laughs) but you know I think a weird thing to mention here as well is that Snare definitely did not go home on September the 10th, and it wasn't unusual for her to stay at her friends or at her cousin and new's apartment. But all those known have confirmed that she was not with them, and no one else has ever come forward in the 21 years past to say that she stayed with them that night, or that they even saw her or knew of her whereabouts after Century 21. So, gang, please. Do not stay out and not let anyone know where you are. Be safe, it's a weird world out there. So theory number two. Did Snaya die on September the 10th? There are factors to show that Snaya wasn't happy in her life. Actually, many factors. Recently, she'd lost her job at the hospital after turning up multiple times drunk or too hungover to wear. She'd supposedly falsely accused a colleague of sexual assault and he'd recently began court proceedings against her that had commenced the previous morning and caused a lot of friction between her and Ron. She didn't want to be a doctor. She'd done it to make her family happy and concede to cultural norms and expectations that her family put on her. She longed for a more bohemian, arty lifestyle so she... Would have took her own life on September 10th? The host and I don't think so. She did have a lot going on, but it doesn't appear to fit the narrative of Senea's life. It also is really hard to hide your own body, and she obviously didn't know that the disaster that would take place the next day would cover it up for her. So, was she killed? She wasn't exactly short on enemies, a old colleague who she accused, for example, and her marriage was a bit strained. Don't we always look at the partner first? But Ron wasn't really a suspect. He was super active in the search and it does seem unlikely. But she had upset someone else recently. Her brother John. A month prior to her disappearance, John had walked in on Snaya in bed with his girlfriend and they had not spoken since. Snaya was openly bisexual and had actually had multiple affairs with women. Did she feel oppressed in a marriage to Ron? Who can say? Was the young Indian woman with Snaya in Century 21 John's girlfriend? Did he catch them again and kill Snaya? Again then, where did he hide the body? He wouldn't have known the next day's events were coming either. So that leaves theory number three. Did Snaya seize the opportunity of 9-11 to leave and start a new life? Was she over trying to please her family? Did she want to be with a woman? Live that bohemian, arty lifestyle? She had the money, but she never accessed her accounts again. She would have needed help to lie low as well. After the dust settled from the attack, the whole of Manhattan was on lockdown. She wouldn't have been able to get out the same day. Jay tells us that there was evidence to suggest that many people may have took the same opportunity though. And with the current state of affairs in Snaya's life, did she make that choice too? One more thing on this that Jay tells us though is there's a project where people post anonymously to this guy who initially posted three or four a week to his blog but has since become a sort of phenomenon that has produced books and is an active multiple platform project, and a couple of years ago someone posted on there, everyone who knew me before 9-11 thinks I'm dead. If this isn't a hoax, which it could well be, this theory of people taking the opportunity could well be true for tail Oh, so where is she? What happened to her? B thinks that she left to start a new life. She took the opportunity and took off to start again. And Jay agrees, sort of. It's the more idyllic option, but it's 50-50. Was she a casualty of the disaster or is she out there living a new, best life? I agree, I don't want to think she was killed or took her own life, and I like to think she is out there, but I do believe this is one of those cases where we'll just never know. for a more fully comprehensive version of this story and the 30s behind it check out this episode of the so what would you do podcast right after this i have been following this show for a while now and i really love it two besties getting down to it and giving their own opinions on the wildest unsolved mysteries what's not to love I'm giving it a five on the scale, so go and binge now, guys, and let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening to episode 18 of the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. Please remember to follow, subscribe, rate, and review whatever you listen, and I'll see you next week. Bye!